What I find amazing, and I, I made a little bit of a commentary on this when I just uh, in my homily this past Monday at in Lyons, was in our first reading from the Acts, Saint Peter is condemning the very people he's preaching to. You know, normally preachers don't get too far with the people when they when they do that, but he does actually. So he's he's sitting there saying, "You crucified him. You did this. You did that," and the people. Uh, they they respond positively actually now that that part that positive response is not included in the selection but if you read on in in, in context that's what happens they all they're they're baptized they repent they're baptized they join the church so it's uh, a, kind of a remarkable thing that they're able to sort of take that correction and change their ways and recognize that the hard words Peter is sharing with them are really words of mercy and then. Also, too, in our gospel, I, I find it remarkable as well, too, uh, not on the part of Jesus. He, so he shows up, and um, you know, he's showing them his wounds, which is a kind of—it's a very interesting thing. I don't fully understand all the qualities and aspects of the resurrected, glorified body of Christ, but obviously, there's something about it that you know he could—he could sort of manifest in like maybe different forms. Uh, he could continue to have his wounds on his body. I mean, that's an interesting thing. Again, I don't fully understand it, but it, he chose to actually um, retain the wounds on his body, um, and he shows the wounds to them. It's as if two things are going on. First of all, you know, thereby you can verify that it's really me, okay? But also, it's as if he's saying, um, this is what I've done for you. Okay, this is, I did this for you. It's a, it's a sort of a symbol of his love for us. And Jesus doesn't show up, you know, think about all his, his disciples, everybody but John really abandoned him. They all ran, Peter denied him, Judas betrayed him, okay, and he shows up and he doesn't, he's not like real bitter or something. I'm not talking to you guys. I mean, he's, it's like as if nothing happened, okay. All he's got is just this pure love and mercy and forgiveness and he says to them, the gospel's got to begin. You guys are going to preach it. It's, it's got to begin from Jerusalem and go outward. And it's the gospel of the forgiveness of sins. And so, and so Jesus is the first here to forgive the sins of his disciples. And then we see Peter going out and, you know, he's preaching to people that were complicit in the crucifixion. And yet, you know, it's a, it's a message of mercy and they repent and their sins are forgiven. And so for us, too, as well, we have to be able to put ourselves in the gospel stories. And we have to say, we have to identify with both John and Mary, who never abandoned him. But we also have to identify with Peter, who betrayed him. We have to identify with the disciples who ran away and abandoned him. Because all of those different um, responses to Jesus are verified in our, lo- our own lives if we're honest with ourselves. We can look back and we can see times we've betrayed Christ, we've abandoned him, and then times we've stood by him. And so in the midst of all of these ups and downs, we see overall the arching, uh, you know, the overall arching picture of, of Jesus' mercy and his forgiveness. And, uh, and so we have both in our liturgy. We've got the, the part where we come in here in the beginning and we say, we confess our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, and uh, who, who amongst us has not sinned? And we can look back in our lives, and the, and the older we get, the, the more we can look back and thank God for his mercy and the forgiveness of, of the various sins that we've committed. And, uh, and we rejoice in that, that gift of forgiveness this, uh, this Easter season.